0: Hello and welcome to Great Fund Insights, Selecting Your Fund Domicile, a new video podcast series featuring an expert law firm in an offshore jurisdiction. I'm Kamar Jaffer, a Middle East Funds and Asset Management partner, and I will be moderating today's session. During this series, our expert panelists will explore some of the benefits and legal and regulatory considerations for each offshore location. We will also cover frequently asked questions on how to choose a domicile for your fund, and why offshore jurisdictions have become a key choice for Global Alternative Investment Funds. Today we'll be discussing topical fund trends in the BVI and I'm delighted to introduce our guest speakers Paul Waldron and Tom Cochrane, partners at law firm Walker's. Paul is a partner in the Global Investment Funds Group and is based in Walker's BVI office. He has over 15 years of experience in both hedge funds, private equity funds and approved managers. Paul advises institutional asset managers and established and startup investment managers on all aspects of investment fund matters. He also regularly works with managers and service providers in the fintech space. Tom is a partner in the Funds and Corporate Group at Walkers in Dubai, where he has been based since 2012. He assists clients on matters of BVI and Cayman Islands law. Tom's primary focus is on investment funds, including hedge funds, venture capital funds and private equity funds. He regularly acts for leading sovereign wealth funds, financial institutions, asset managers, private equity firms on structuring and formation of funds. Paul and Tom, thank you for participating in the series.
1: Thank you, Kumar. Thanks for having us.
0: I'm delighted to have you with us today. So without further ado, let's go to the first question. So Paul, the British Virgin Islands, BVI, is an established fund formation jurisdiction. What are the types of funds that you're currently seeing in the market?
2: Uh, thank you, Kumar. So, at the moment, we're currently seeing a lot of um, crypto funds. So, all kinds of crypto funds, really, um, from open-ended to closed-ended, some quite small funds to some quite large funds. Um, so, they're being very popular at the moment. We're also seeing quite a few just standard hedge funds, your standard um, open-ended equity and bond funds. And then, I've separately seeing quite a few um, closed-ended funds at the moment. So, in terms of asset classes, that would be your, your standard private equity, uh, venture capital, uh, real estate funds. So we've seen a, a full, um, full coverage of the market really at the moment.
0: And Tom, uh, what types of vehicles are commonly used in the BVI? So,
1: so we, we probably see three key vehicles being used most commonly for BVI funds. Uh, the first is the standalone corporate structure, which is set up as a BVI business company. Um, and typically we see that as the quickest, the most cost-effective, and usually the simplest structure to set up. Um, And that pairs well with with open-ended funds, so your classic hedge funds, equities funds, uh, forex or crypto funds. A slight variation on that standalone corporate structure is what's known as a segregated portfolio company uh, or SPC. Um, For those of your listeners who are not familiar with this concept, uh, the SPC is a single legal entity uh, that can create multiple segregated portfolios uh, or sub-funds. And the assets and liabilities of each segregated portfolio or sub fund are statutorily segregated from the assets and liabilities of other sub funds and from the general assets of the SPC. So that's a great option if uh, a manager is looking to roll out multiple strategies over time because there's various cost savings uh, as well as time savings that you can obtain. And in the closed-ended space, uh, what we see is that the limited partnership or LPGP structure is really the market standard. So a few years ago, there was a fairly significant overhaul of the BVI partnership regime um, and there was the introduction of the Limited Partnership Act, uh, and since then we've seen uh, increasingly uh, that the Limited Partnership uh, is the go-to structure for closed-ended funds.
0: And turning to Paul, any innovative or creative structures that you've been see- you've seen being used in the market?
2: Um, yes. So um, at the moment we're seeing a lot of interest in um, incubator and approved funds. So these are a relatively new type of fund um, aimed at smaller um, fund managers and startup managers. Uh, so taking them in order, um, the incubator fund is really aimed at startup managers who are looking to test a strategy at relatively low cost uh, and can be done very quickly. Um, so there's a few um, requirements for an incubator fund. Uh, they're sometimes known as a 20, 20 20 fund. So a cap to 20 investors, uh, the minimum investment is 20,000 per investor. And they're capped at an AOM of $20 million. Uh, the advantage of an incubator fund is there's no requirement for an investment manager, an administrator, a custodian, or an auditor. So as you can see, they're very low cost to operate. Um, one of the conditions of an incubator fund, though, to bear in mind, is that they're capped duration. So they're capped at a duration of two years. And after the two-year duration period, you're expected to either convert to a regular fund or to close down, or there's an option to extend uh, by one year. Then we have the the approved fund. So an approved fund is more aimed at the um, family office and friends and family type fund. Um, It's quite similar to the incubator fund, but the main difference is you're allowed to manage up to 100 million in assets under management, and there's no duration limit. One thing to bear in mind is they're also required to appoint an administrator. Um, But again, there's no requirement to have an auditor, so they are quite low
1: cost.
0: And Tom, um, what are the key regulatory structuring considerations?
1: So usually, when we have a a client looking to set up a a BVI domiciled fund, there's a number of questions that we ask them, um, really to ascertain what legal structure will work best for them uh, and to determine what regulatory obligations would apply. So the first question we ask is around trying to determine if it's going to be an open or closed-ended fund, um, and we've used those terms a couple of times today already. So Uh, Those terms can mean different things in in different jurisdictions. So just to clarify from a BVI funds perspective, an open-ended fund uh, is one in which the investors can electively redeem periodically, whether that's weekly, monthly, quarterly, what have you, Uh, whereas a closed-ended fund is, is a fund in which the investor has no redemption or withdrawal rights. So they're locked into the fund for a set term. Uh, and it's important to understand which category the fund will fall into because the BVI funds regime is effectively bifurcated along those lines. So that's a key question initially. Um, we also inquire about the subscription capital. So is the intention that the subscription proceeds are going to be paid upfront in their entirety? Uh, if so, then typically a corporate structure will work well. Um, However, if the intention is that there'll be a drawdown mechanism where investors make a capital commitment uh, and then they make contributions uh, in respect of that commitment over time, then usually the the limited partnership or LPGP structure uh, will work best. We also like to inquire about the number of investors that are intended to, to come into the fund. As Paul mentioned, for certain types of funds like the incubator or approved fund, there are limits on the number of investors that you can have. Uh, and for similar reasons, uh, we like to inquire about the target raising, uh, since there are limits on, on the fund's AUM. And finally, we, you know, we like to inquire about the fund's assets. Um, so by way of example, if the fund was to acquire a single asset, um, then it might qualify for an exemption under the private investment funds regime, uh, which is something I think we'll, we'll get to in a little bit today.
0: Uh, so actually, that's, that's the next question. So, um, Paul, what are the key requirements that apply in relation to um, pri- private investment funds? For BVI?
2: Uh, so private investment funds are for um, closed-ended funds. So your, your typical private equity, venture capital, uh, real estate type funds. Um, so typically, they're structured as a limited partnership in BVI. Um, and the general partner can be either BVI general partner or based elsewhere. Now, it is also possible to structure it as a a standard business company or as a segregated portfolio company. So in terms of the requirements for a private investment fund, um, there's no need for um, an investment manager, um, an administrator, or a custodian. Um, Instead, the BVI has brought in a a concept called the uh, appointed person. That's effectively an unregulated person who carries out these, these functions. So typically, that would be a director, for example, who would take responsibility for investment manager sorry, for investment management, and another director who might take responsibility for administration. Um, Also, a a private investment fund is required to appoint an auditor, Um, but the good news is it doesn't need to be a BVI auditor, so that can be quite a saving. Um, also the FSC will provide an exemption from the requirement to appoint an auditor altogether if required uh, in return for a small annual fee. Um, this recognises the fact that not all investors in a in a private equity fund will require um, annual audits, for example. So, in terms of the regulatory regime itself, it applies generally to most closed-ended funds, but there are quite a few exemptions. So, uh, the key exemptions from regulation uh, would be single asset funds, uh, single investor funds, um, joint ventures, and arrangements with no external offering, Um also master feeder funds uh, fall outside the regulatory um, permit here.
0: And um, Tom, we've been touching a, um, a bit on the um, the service providers that need to be appointed in respect to the, the funds. What is the ecosystem around funds in the EBI? Um, what economic substance requirements apply?
1: Well, I think maybe if we address the economic substance point first, the good news for your listeners out there is that uh, – Being an investment fund in and of itself doesn't constitute a relevant activity for the purposes of the BVI economic substance regime. So the vast majority of BVI domiciled funds, and we're literally talking 99% plus here, um, will not have to demonstrate any substance in BVI. There is one caveat which is that if the fund is carrying out additional activities um, that may constitute a relevant activity, so for example finance and leasing business, then it would need to show substance in respect of those additional relevant activities. And it's worth noting we've got a specialist regulatory team here at Walkers, so if there are any clients who, who find themselves in that situation then our regulatory team would be well placed to help. I think in terms of the the ecosystem more broadly, um, there's probably two key takeaways for your listeners. Um, The first is that within the BVI, um, there's a wide range of highly skilled and and very experienced professional service providers. So if you have a fund manager looking to set up a BVI fund, um, then they can utilise the skills and experience of all of those providers within the BVI. Um, The second takeaway, though, I think is that uh, the BVI doesn't mandate that a lot of the services that are provided to, to BVI funds are actually carried out in the BVI. So as Paul mentioned, uh, you don't need a BVI-based auditor. You don't need a BVI-based administrator. The manager of your BVI fund doesn't need to be BVI domiciled. Um, the directors of your BVI fund uh, don't need to be resident in BVI. So I think overall, it's a very helpful position where you can utilise the, the service providers within BVI if you, if you need to or want to, Um, But at the same time, if you've got existing relationships with service providers in other jurisdictions, uh, then you can continue to leverage those uh, and still take advantage of the the BVI funds regime.
0: So, Paul, touching on the um, fund manager, what options are there in in terms of setting up a fund manager in the BVI?
2: Um, So, there are two uh, main types of investment management product in in BVI. Um, So, the first one is your standard investment manager. Um, This is aimed at your more institutional managers. Um, so this, is, you know, this allows you to manage um, uh, investment funds and other products without any limit, but it's quite a slow process and expensive process to set one up. So you're looking at a minimum of three to four months, uh, for example, which generally tends to be too long for you know, a fund launch, which typically is much quicker than that. Um, in recognition of this, the BVI bought in what's called the approved manager. This is a, a regulatory-like product, which is aimed at smaller and medium-sized managers and can be set up uh, very quickly in tandem with a fund launch. So the, the idea of an approved manager is that they're, um, authorized to manage up to, um, 400 million in ass- in um, open-ended assets or a billion dollars in closed ended assets. And um, they can be launched, as I said, in tandem with um, a fund launch. Um, and they're very popular with, um, ma- with managers of other f- of funds, uh, set up in other jurisdictions. So there's no restrictions on managing just BVI funds. You can manage funds set up elsewhere and also onshore, um, a point worth noting as well with approved managers is that they're exempt from the BVI economic substance regime. There's no need to have directors or any economic substance on the ground in BVI. So they're um, proving very popular at the moment, and we're seeing a like very substantial growth in numbers over the last couple of years.
0: Tom, um, what are the legal and regulatory developments on the horizon in BVI?
1: Well, there's actually been an immense amount of change in the in the legal and regulatory landscape in the BVI in the last, say, five years. And that probably mirrors global trends Um, we've obviously had the introduction of the limited partnership act that i mentioned earlier Um, paul's walked you through um, some of the key aspects of the private investment funds regime um, that's been established Um, and as well as those developments we've also had significant enhancements and developments with respect to matters such as economic substance anti-money laundering uh, beneficial ownership, uh, FATCA CRS, so I think probably what we're anticipating for the, for the near term uh, is more of a period of consolidation, um, at least insofar as it pertains to investment funds in the BVI. Um, that said, I think that the BVI authorities will continue to monitor global trends uh, and what best practices are um, so that they can implement anything that's uh, appropriate in BVI and make sure that BVI remains first in class.
0: And Paul, looking ahead, what is your outlook for the next 12 months?
1: Um, I think for the next 12 months, the
2: um, the approved manager product is going to continue to be very popular. Um, it can be used with BVI funds and funds established elsewhere, open-ended funds and closed-ended funds. Um, so I think we continue to see a lot of growth in, in launches of those. Um, separately, I think the private investment fund is going to continue to be very popular. Um, I think you know private equity, venture capital and real estate is going to be, you know, very popular again for the next 12 months. And then thirdly, I think um, there will be still quite a few launches on in the, in the crypto side, but I think a lot will depend on where the price of crypto is in 12 months time in that regard.
0: What a great conversation. Thank you very much, Tom and Paul, for joining us today and for sharing your insights into the BVI's legal and regulatory framework for investors and for fund managers. I hope that our viewers have found it as useful as I have. Look out for our next episode um, in our podcast series, which will be released very soon. Thank you very much and have a good day.